Madison's Alternative, 106.7 The Resistance. This week on the Disruptor Series, I am joined by Mark Goodman and Brian Charles of Major Spark. Hello, fellas. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? We have so much to cover since I know so little about you guys. Let's start out with a Wheel of Fortune intro. Who are you? What do you do in the band? And a shout out to your family. So, so my name is Mark, and my primary role is writing lyrics, doing lead vocals, and writing sort of the basics of the songs. However, Brian plays a huge role in creating the song structures, and it's fairly simple to describe his role because he basically plays everything. <laughs> the exception of some drum parts, horns, backing vocals, and things like that. The way we write songs is, I think, somewhat unique. Typically, when I've played in a band, I'll write a song and a guitar, bring it into the band, play the song for them. They all jump in, and there's your song. And then you write another one, move on to the next thing. Whereas when we wrote this album, Beautiful Noise, uh, Brian would come up with a, a drum groove that he would create out of uh, loops, um, sometimes using a live drummer who would come in and play, and then Brian would chop it up and make a loop. And then I would write off of that loop, which was different for me. So it put me into an uncomfortable new place. And then we would write the songs gradually over a period of weeks and sometimes even months and really critique each other's parts. So I'd bring in lyrics and Brian would say, what are you saying here? Like, what is this? You know, and then I'd go back and write pages and pages of lyrics. And then we'd sort of pick the best of. And we, I would do the same thing for like his guitar parts. You know, I'd say, I want the parts really simple. I want, I want to be able to hum your guitar lines, you know, and sort of like a George Harrison line. You know, when it came to things like that, we would, we would sit with it for a week or two and see, is that really the best part? And then come back into the studio and, um, you know, work on it some more and just keep going and going until we felt like, yep, that song is cooked. Let's move on to the next one. I mean, that's a pretty good overview of, of what happens. And, you know, it's really the collaboration that sort of makes, allows us to get things done. You know, we sort of check each other. There's a lot of us being in this studio on separate sides of the wall, especially in the pandemic. I mean, we were, you know, we spent entire sessions in different rooms um, sometimes. And, the good thing about that is we sort of got used to sort of going into our own worlds and like I'm working on a completely different thing, maybe in the same song, but a completely different aspect or layer of it. While Mark is working really hard on something in the, on that same song in the other room. And then we'll kind of check and we'll go, are you at a good spot to uh, go over some of this stuff? And so we'll kind of bounce off the work that we've been doing in these separate rooms off of each other and then it'll give us a new lane to kind of cruise down and uh, help us focus the parts and he might have a line or a way he's singing a certain rhythm that makes me adjust how I'm thinking about the song as a whole and it gives me all new territory to kind of dig into so it's been really collaborative. I think there's a lot of energy that just kind of happens when we're together, even on separate sides of the glass. And I think a huge part of it is that there's, I mean, 
there doesn't seem to be any ego about it at all. We really, we really love this creative process, and we like to make music that has value to us. And so, chasing that is fun for both of us. And nothing ever feels personal when it's like that's not the right guitar line for that. Yeah. And I'll go. Well, what are you thinking about? You know, we'll hone it down. We'll think about why. Why is that drum part not moving properly? Or, you know, something doesn't feel right. It's, it's a puzzle. And we kind of attack it together. And we enjoy doing it. You know, I mean, making records is hard work, but it, it, it's still fun, you know. Yeah. And I, I'll say that last part that Brian said where I, I'm not afraid to, t- to tear apart the things that he does. You know, whereas like, you know, I've been in bands where, you know, you have little discussions like, oh boy, how are we going to tell the bass player that his line blows, you know? And then you kind of get around to it and it's awkward. Whereas, you know, I can go right away. Look, there's something about this song. It's not moving. It's not cooking. Let's, let's go back to square one, rewrite the bass part, et cetera, et cetera. And we just, we keep working on it. The other thing I found is because I, I write a lot of lyrics and it's kind of a frustrating thing that I'll spend like a week like crafting and crafting and you know you go to the coffee shop you write everything and then when you do that and you're writing outside of a studio you you at least I do I tend to like start rhyming things it's just kind of the way the brain works and I'll come in and Brian will just turn on a drum loop and say okay go and I'll just start singing lyrics and then you go way beyond the cliches you know when you just force yourself to start generating lyrics, you know, usually around a central idea, but trying to attack that idea from, you know, some uh, unconscious area where you, you, you pull out a, a line or, you know, some phrase or word. And then Brian has the painful process, or both of us do, of going back and listening to all this garbage and trying to find like the few good lines that we paste together. When you guys are working on one individual part, do you see it as like a sound wave or like a, a sheet of music or what does it look like for you? Brian, since, since you write some of the much of the music, you, you can tackle that one. I would say for me, definitely not. You know, I just listen to it. Like, is this a good song or not? Like I, I listen to it as, as, you know, a, a fan would. And honestly, I, I bring the, the drafts home to my, my family and, uh, you know, they usually tear it apart. You know, we, we are the song that we think is really the one that we're really proud of on the record is the, the, the title cut called Beautiful Noise, because it's really different from anything that, that either of us have written. And the first time I brought that home, my, uh, my family, they, they, were, they, they were saying, oh, my, this is Euro trash. What are you guys doing here? <laughs> you know, because it was like blips and beeps. And so we really beefed up the track, you know, hearing that kind of critique really helped us. We started listening to some Chemical Brothers and things like that. And, you know, really made the track pop a lot more. Yeah, I feel like we're chasing, you know, at least how I, there's a certain amount of musical stuff that I can't, I can't not see when I'm thinking about the structure and the chord progressions and the way the melodies were working or, or whatever. But that's just kind of built in. I think we both kind of go from how does that feel? You know, how does this part feel? Or, or what's the right spirit for this part? Like, are we feeling, because, and I'm always saying this, like, to to people I work with in general, is like, let's try to get the thing that I can't pro tool. Like, you know, that spirit, that connection, that because people can hear that. And there's no plugin that makes that happen in, in pro tools. 
it's got to come from a very real place. And it's like when people know, people can tell when you're fake laughing. Well, they can also tell when you're not sincere about playing a guitar part or singing a line in a way that is honest and has the right sort of spirit to it. So I think we both think about that more than more than anything, which is nice because it means a lot of the technical stuff for both of us, we, we've been around making music for a long time in different projects in our lives. So all of that is sort of in the background. I think the technical aspect of recording and the technical aspect of how do we make a song and, and what happens, what are all the things we need to do until it's finished? We've been through that process so many times alone and together that I feel like that fades to the background and we can really concentrate on what's important to us, which is, does this feel good? Is the spirit there? And that's kind of a, a really awesome place to, to land. I mean, as I'm talking about it now, it's not something that I real, maybe realize every second of the day. But when you ask me that question, I think, well, those are the things we think about. Yeah, we also, we, we also have a, a similar frame of reference. So if we're listening to a song and, you know, and I'm doing a vocal, Brian's a, a really, really good vocal coach, I have to say. You know, he has this way of delivering constructive feedback, you know. So he never says, boy, you know, did you not sleep last night? This sounds horrible. You know, it's always very positive, upbeat. Let's try it this way. You know, let's try it with more breath. You know, okay, let me, if you were Joe Strummer, let me hear how you would deliver, you know, this, this vocal part. And it's useful that we can reference a lot of the same kind of music that we like. So we'll say, oh, you know what? This song needs some Fountains of Wayne style harmonies. Or, you know, let's bring in somebody who sounds like Hope Sandoval from Mazzy Star. And, and that helps. And I'm addicted to finding new music. So I always try to find like a new song every week that I'm like way into. And I love it when I can bring something into Brian. He's like, never heard of it. And then I'm like, you know, let's, let's do you hear, listen to the guitar part on this. You know, let's let's do our version of that. You know, it's it's got a nice surfy vibe or whatever it is. My my latest thing is a group from Spain called Aiko El Grupo, and uh, you got to look it up after this uh, interview. A I K O El Grupo. It's like the best indie rock sung in Spanish. <laughs> so, not sure how we're gonna steal their vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Start with some lessons, some Spanish lessons. How did you two cross paths and decide to start writing music together? So we met a long time ago when um, I, I had a group that was based out of New York City called Foggy Notion, named after the Velvet Underground song. And I'd heard about Brian's studio from a guy who was playing drums in my band. And he had all these amazing toys and tools. And uh, so we would come up from New York City my group and record in Brian's studio. At the time he, he co-owned it with another guy. So we, we recorded probably a couple records up there. You know, time went by and I had an idea for this record that I got from being forced to listen to a lot of pop music all day long. And I, I contacted Brian after, we probably hadn't talked to each other in quite, quite a few years. And I said, I've got this idea for a record where we do, where we try to write pop music you know, and we're not pop kids, you know, so it's, it's a challenge. Do you think we could do it? And um, he said, well, let's try. And so that's how the, the project started. I did listen to the album and 
every song is so different. Like there's definitely a different like influence or or source for each one. And you brought up uh, Beautiful Noise earlier. And I was like, there's a little bit of like Nine Inch Nails in there almost. But then some songs I was like, is that ska? There's some of them were like a 70s beach movie. The whole album is just very different across the board. So how do you decide which ones of those are the best pop songs? Well, so I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I can't answer that question. Let me, I, I'm not sure I actually understand the question. Do you mean like, like, like what vibe is sort of the best or? Yeah, and how, I mean, if you take pop as just one sound, but there's so many different songs and there's so many different pop sounding, but in different genres happening on this. Are they all considered pop to you? I would say that, 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 to be honest, we missed the mark on a few, you know, they came out more rock, you know, like uh, there's a song called Walk Away that's sort of like, you know, a Black Keys type song. That, that's a little bit of an outlier. And pop can mean many different things to, to people. And, and, and it's actually, modern pop has gotten sort of sad and slow. I mean, out, outside of, I, I realize R&B and hip hop's a whole other thing, but, you know, it's, it's very kind of, you know, I think Billie Eilish is like the new Eddie Vedder, you know, you know, he, he got all these people to sing like they had marbles in their mouth and, and she's, you know, got this beautiful voice and, and can sing in this sort of sad, evocative way. And, and, and we were really listening to a lot of stuff that was just very up-tempo. So that was sort of the, the key that I think holds it together. You know, there's not a, there's not a ballad on here. Like, yeah, like, I think beyond it being pop, I, I think it wasn't really we set out to make a pop record, Mark. I feel like it was we wanted to make a record that you could work out to, you know, or that you could move to. And that wasn't that wasn't something that didn't come from the ingredients that we liked in rock music, which so it's no surprise that it spilled out over into a rock vibe on a lot of these songs, because Really, I think initially the only prerequisite was I'd like to be able to play this at the place that I work out in instead of the, this crappy music that everyone's choosing. And yes. I want guitars in this music. And it's That's hard right. to find. That's it's right. hard yeah. to find it's fast right. music you can work out to that has guitars in it. That's true. We, we would say, does this pass the running test? Yeah. You, know, you throw it in the headphones, go for a run. Does it work? Can you, can you run to it? Can you, can you turn it on up to, can you turn it up to 11 and, and do the dishes? And, you know, like, does it, does it, does it snap? Does it move for you? That was key. So, so that's really the only threat is you can work out to the whole record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's it. Can you clean your house in 35 minutes? Yeah. 38 minutes and 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you guys go on tour, are you going to have to hire somebody to play all the instruments that Brian usually plays? Um, so that's a great question. Um, Honestly, I think I think if 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 we do a tour, um, what we would want to do is is almost find an existing band, have them learn the songs, and then you know we kind of go along for the ride. I've I've done that in the past. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of a band called Camper Van Beethoven, but um, they were sort of one of my my idols, you know, way back. And I got to do a tour with most of the members of Camper Van Beethoven, you know, playing my songs, which was. A great experience. Um, it was minus David Lowry, obviously. So something like that would be would be perfect. 
My last question is who runs your social media accounts and which platform are people most likely to connect with you guys on? Wow. Brian, I'm going to take this first because uh, you'll, you'll end with like the sunnier response. So I'm not good at, at social media. I don't spend much time on it. So there's somebody in Boston here who um, we learned about who's, who's good at that stuff. And so they're helping us by taking things that we create and, and helping to post them and try to find people who like it. But I would say if we had a weakness, um, you know, it's our, our ability to make social media, you know, <laughs> kind of like our thing. What would you say, Brian? I think that's a pretty accurate response, you know, representation of what's going on. Also, you know, this is considered a brand new project. So, and I don't know for some reason or, or another, I think Mark and I both have a bit of an aversion to trying to look like we're trying to be rock stars or something. And so, and like social media doesn't, it, it doesn't work as well if you have that kind of attitude, because you got to be brave and you got to be able to go out there and plug your own stuff. And we just like making music and we want to keep doing that. So, so we do, we do really annoy the social media company because we refuse to be in any of our posts. <laughs> and so there's not going to be a post of like, look at these awesome eggs I just made this morning, you know, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Here's me with my puppy, you know? Yeah. Um, we have personal accounts that we probably do that with, you know, that's mostly just filled with our, our friends anyway. And, I think people would reach out. I mean, I don't have a studio. I don't even have a studio Instagram account. I think there's a Facebook page though. There is, but I just use Brian Charles on Instagram. And if anyone wants anything to do with anything that I do, that's where they find me. <laughs> so I'm terrible at this. <laughs> All right. New album, beautiful noise comes out May 21st. We are going to check out one of the songs from that album right now on the resistance. <laughs> 